1: Now onto the next game, Raiders v. The Storm. This is, uh, this is a really interesting game because Storm blew them off the park the first half. It was almost like, uh-oh, this is not looking good. Then Raiders, especially toward the end of the game, threw caution to the win, started offloading, and all of a sudden looked like Storm were you know, facing some troubles. But Storm hold on to get the win. Uh, what do you think of this game, Guru?
3: Yeah, mate, I thought Melbourne Storm, in the f- as you said, first 20, 25 minutes, they were sensational. After that, in the last 60 minutes... I don't know if disappointing is the word, but I think it would be a bit underwhelming for the Melbourne Storm. And I think so far this year, that's sort of been uh, a, a big part of their season. Oh, I still think this team is so far from their very best. And when it does all come together,
1: fuck, they're going to be a scary prospect, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> when that spine clicks, yeah, it is crazy. A-
3: at the moment, it feels like every week, just one or two of the spine members stand up. Mm. When all four <coughs> of them deliver, Mate, I, I honestly thought the first 20 minutes, I thought this game could be 60-0 yeah, here. Honestly, I was honestly. They looked the that thing. good. Yep. It was, um, yeah, you've got here Harry Grant at dummy half. That try that Harry Grant scored, he literally, you, you see him at dummy half and he notices there's one marker and you can just see in his brain ticking over. Yeah. He'll think there's a man behind him. He'll go to the open side. There'll be no one on the short side. And he just goes, just that ruck recognition
1: yep. is just crazy by Harry Grant. It's incredible. Like, and the, the, very rarely do you find a a footy brain in a guy with such good athletic ability too like guys that are explosive nuggety and powerful like Grant aren't usually the best readers of the game uh, the best ball playing uh, hookers whereas Grant's good at all he's really oh, I think he's one of,
3: as you said one of the best readers in the game right
1: now right now I mean every half chance he gets he takes it straight away what do you reckon of the game
0: I thought their big dogs. I thought their big dogs were mad. Like monster, didn't even pull a deli end point, but, but he was one of the best. Munster on, didn't pull a deli end point. No, nah, devil confirm that, but yeah. I don't think he uh, got a deli end point. Um, but like people like Hughes, um, like Hughes was great. Harry Grant, as you said, was good. Paps was good again. Um, Munster was best on ground for me. That's what I thought too, personally. How many points did
3: Pap get? I, I thought Munster I thought monster and Hughes were, were better than Pap. Was good, but he he, like, he ran for like down. seventy meters yeah. or something.
0: I'll get that. Give me one sec.
1: Wow. That's really surprising. Uh, I thought Munster. It's not
3: a be all and end all, but like just on on super coach points, Harry Grant and um, Ryan Papin hasn't, he pretty much scored like two points in the second half. He wasn't as involved as he usually is. So Um, Hughes
0: got three, Paps got two, and Nelson got one.
1: Wow. Wow.
3: Sorry, and Harry Grant's been hard done by this too. Yeah, Grant as
1: well. I would have had the top three players for me were Munster, Hughes, and Grant.
3: Yeah, I agree. Yep.
1: Wow. Well, anyway, I mean, it's all all opinion based. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So when that spine click clicks, it's the best spine in the comp by far
3: and away. I and, think,
1: and that's that's including uh, Panther spine. Mm. I just think that that spine with Munster Hughes, it's so unbelievably dangerous. Cleary, obviously the number one seven in the game, but Hughes has without a doubt stamped himself as the second best seven in the game at the moment. Now I know Mitch Moses's form right now is fucking red hot. Uh, but I just think Hughes, at the. if I had to say who's the second best seven in the game right now, it'd be Hughes.
3: Yeah, Hughes has done it on the biggest stages, grand final day. He's done it all, Hughes. So just crazy to think, you know, he's only played halfback for two or three years.
0: Especially when, especially when Cheese is on their bench as well.
1: Absolutely. Well, yeah. And on top of all of that, I don't think a lot of people have Hughes in their top five plays in the NRL. Where I probably have, right now, we have him probably in the top five players in the NRL. He's
3: a classic guy that when you say it, you're like, surely not. And then you actually stop and think about what he's achieved, yeah. the impact he has week in, week out, and it just makes uh, more and more sense. I think with Melbourne, like, you can't be up every week. It can't be up for every single week. So for them to not be at their best and still to be winning games and, you know, as much as the scoreline was 30 to 16, which isn't a huge blowout, at no point did I ever think the Raiders were going to win
1: this game of football. Yeah, no, I agree with that. My concern with the Storm, though, is that eventually patchy football bites you in the arse, and we saw that last year Mm. where they were just blowing teams off the park, but they'd switch off for 10, 20 minutes. And then eventually they rocked up to a game in the first 20 minutes and got blown off the park. And my concern for the Storm is, we spoke about last year that, uh, or sorry, we spoke about earlier in the, the podcast, defense obviously wins premiership. And the one thing the Storm always had was they didn't leak like points. Yeah. And I guess the concern with the Storm is the patchiness of it. If they don't fix that up, and I think Bellamy would be right on top of this going, boys, like we, we have to set standards where we don't come in and out of games. I actually think, Bellamy would be stoked with the win, but a bit disappointed with the patchiness of it all.
3: But I also look at them last year and think during that 19 in a row was when they peaked. Mm. I wonder if, if there is a line of thinking as, you know, that they, they're trying to make sure they do taper for that right mm. end of the season because they got it all wrong last year. For me, I, I think they saved their worst game in two or three years for that first prelim.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can fix those patches. Because patch, the, the problem is, is like, patchiness isn't really tapering, if you know. Mm. Yeah, okay. is, it's not really a, a tactic that you would employ of playing for 20 minutes, chilling out for 10 minutes. Whereas, like tapering would be more along the lines of they're a bit underdone, you know, their passes. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, but it's I, interesting.
3: I, I wonder if Bellamy isn't specifically targeting those areas just yet because he's waiting for the right time to do mm. it. If you know what I mean, It's I, I, I still think they're going to be a top four side. I have no doubt about that. Uh, and if you get them, as we said, if they're spying clicks on their day, good God, yeah, for they're sure. So no, strong, I have
1: I have a top four side and a premiership threat for sure. I just think the patchiness is a, is a concern because that's not what Melbourne Storm usually are like, and that's what separated the Storm from. Every other team in the competition was. We don't do patchy. Mm. We are re- re- we're ruthless. We're relentless, and we'll put you to the sword. And we actually the the O on the scoreboard is nearly as important as the win for us. It's,
0: it's not like the Storm as well to take the foot off the throat. Like they scored what three tries in that, seven minutes. That's what I'm saying. It's
1: it's it's a di- and and look, it's a different breed. There's a whole different bunch of blokes there. So this could be the new age Storm where look, we're willing to just blow teams off the park. I, I just think that from what I've seen from Bellamy, he he be. He wouldn't like the patchiness of it. He'd rather a 16-0 win grind where you've played well the whole 80 than blow them off the park for the first 20, put the cue on the rack, come back in the, you know, that this Again, this is all talking from a perspective of these are premiership threats. At the end of the day, the Storm, they're looking fucking red hot.
3: See who they play this weekend? Cronulla. Could be game of this a season game. so far. Ooh,
1: yeah. What a game this is going to be.
3: I think it's from Amy Park too. So it's a, it's a big moment for the Melbourne Storm to... Stand up here
1: Absolutely It's a a huge moment Huge moment And it's a huge moment For the Sharkies Um, Look I think Munster's looking Far out He's looking fit He's looking so fit So dangerous Every time he touches Every time he touches the ball It's just It's almost There's something's going to happen Yeah I also think that It feels like the better teams And we'd have to look Into the numbers But it feels like The better team's halves Are taking way more runs Than the team's halves That are struggling when I watched like, for example, you watch the Tigers-Sharks game, Moylan and Hines took like 10, 15 runs each. Uh, you look at Munster Hughes, they're taking a bunch of runs. You look at uh, Jerome Lawyer, he usually runs a fair bit. Cleary usually runs a fair bit. Matter of fact, I think Cleary had more run meters. When, remember how yeah, we were talking so, about yeah. that? He had more run meters than Hughes did. And so I think that Maybe the the teams down a bit lower need to take a leap out of the book and go. You know what? We probably need to start running the ball more because it opens things up for us.
3: Just as an example, and not picking on this team at all, they're just the team that I did some some numbers on. The Titans, for example, their halves combined for seventy
1: meters last week. Mm. And Brimo only started running at the end of the game, and that's when they came into the. Whereas before he had, I don't think he had a single run in the first half. I don't think so. Yeah. Mm. So that that's something to definitely look into. Is if I'm a coach, I'm saying to my six and seven, look, take. Take five hit-ups in the first, you know, 30 minutes or so. Get yourself into the game. Also, put a bit of doubt in the defensive line because at the moment, Hughes and Munster are unstoppable. Yeah. Unst- that, that try that Hughes scored was Outright. like you should not be able to score that in first grade. There's only one guy that can score that. It's, it's Hughes and and maybe Cleary, but I think Hughes is probably. I'd probably say Hughes is a better ball runner than Cleary due to the fact that he used to be a fullback. Yeah. Um, but fuck, I mean Cleary is so well rounded. It's it,
3: that that Hughes right foot step, It's quickly becoming one of the best in the game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: it? it is fantastic. I mean, he's so so good. I I uh, I cannot express to you how shocked I am the fact that he continues to go to new levels you know I can't understand how is it possible that a guy that was fullback barely could get a run for the titans barely get a run for the cowboys could go to the storm become a halfback and then become a top two halfback in the comp that's incredible it's incredible uh Munster as well I think he's playing arguably career best footy I I really like what he's doing at the moment um Houston, he's just he did, he was he obviously got taken off for about 10, 15 minutes with the head knock or whatever, or 10 minutes, but he's just constantly there or thereabouts. He's always around the ball. He's always where you need him. He's defense as well. I know he didn't stop Semi um, Semi from the Raiders, yeah, but he nearly stopped that guy, and he's massive. Yeah, Pappy's tiny. <clears throat>
3: when you consider everything Pappy's been through to still put his body on the line like that,
1: it yep. takes some serious balls. Absolutely. So Storm... They're looking red hot. I thought Nelson had a fantastic game. let was just jump
0: in. So Cam Mustard, 125 meters a game, and Jerome Hughes is just under 100 for the year.
1: Wow! So both your halves are averaging 120 meters a game. So
0: no, Jerome Hughes is just under 100.
1: Yeah, like that's what I mean. They're yeah, averaging absolutely. about 120 on, yeah. meters yeah. a game. That's incredible. When, when when have we ever seen that? Where both halves are running 100 meters plus.
3: Yeah, and this is where you know not every team can do it. Melbourne can, but they're running it. Two former fullbacks in the halves, who have now turned into game management sort of guy. Like it's just, there's so many clubs that could move their fullback to halfback, and I just go, well, won't work. Mm. These two, it's working for the other team, it's working for. Shock me, Cronulla. Where's mm. their halfback from? Melbourne yeah, Storm fullback.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So yeah, Storm looking fantastic. I think uh, the key now though is we're gonna speak about it every week until it's done. The Munster situation. Where do you think... Because what's insane about this is he actually still... He can't sign anything until November 1st. This it's a long take time to thing, talk about do it. You, <laughs> do you think that... Well, I think it will get done before then. Yeah. As in, they'll know what's they'll happening. They'll know, yeah. yeah. Um, do you think they're playing chicken with each other?
3: Yeah, a little bit. And I think it's probably it's, smart oh, too. It, it. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 it's 100% it's smart. Yeah. Get him for as cheap as you can. Uh, yeah. Because if you start high, you've got to stay high. I think that Storm are playing a bit of chicken with Munster going, take a pay cut, take a pay cut. Like let's say they're saying, take a pay cut, you're 750K a year. And Munster's like, are you serious? And then they bump it up, okay, 900K a year. And Munster might go, okay, that's a bit more reasonable. But in reality, they were always going to give 900K a year. You know, that Like it's a key, a key tactic with negotiation is like low ball so low that when you come up, that's your price anyway, but you've made it look like there's been progress, that they've actually made some progress where in reality, you were always going to pay that. Um, Matty what do you think Munster stays
0: or he goes The more I think about it The more I think he'll go to the Dolphins Dolphins I think the, the haircut is It's as, a as you said giant last week, haircut if it's true Yeah and it's Not disrespectful but like he, he has every right to be aggrieved by it Because he's arguably their best player And he's been there the longest As you said last week And I just think the Dolphins Will throw the bank at him So
1: I, I think that for a Munster came through a system That he had to wait his turn he came through a system where Smithy, Cronk, Slater said to him, mate, you've got to wait your turn to get the big bucks because where the big dogs right?" they wouldn't have said this, you know, exactly. But, you know, this is the way it works because Cooper, Cronk, Slater and Smith also came through the ranks of, mate, the older guys get the big contracts, the younger guys get the little contracts. That's the way it works. It's the way it's always been. And so if we are to believe the reports, Munster may be sitting there going, how come when it came to my turn, that no longer mattered. Like, you, you could absolutely understand where he was coming
3: from. And that's right. If, if that is his opinion, you get it 100%. Get it 100%. There's no 100%. pushing back on it. I, I
1: can't see any world where that isn't his opinion. Yeah. You know, he's in his prime, playing great footy, and he's won multiple premierships, and he's also won multiple origins. Like it's, uh, and, But the crazy thing is, I totally get where the Storm are coming from. You've got to keep Grant Hughes, Papenewsen, uh, you obviously coach, you've got Welsh. It's Very crazy that all
0: those guys are locked up till twenty twenty. I mean, it's a minimum. huge
1: coup. It's a it's and crazy. I think I think Storm have gone the route of, we obviously don't want to lose Munster, but if we can keep four players at the expense of him or three players, maybe we take that hit.
3: And I reckon there'd be part of the Melbourne Storm that would be wanting to reach out. We mentioned to him earlier, Scott Drinkwater. If he doesn't really have a spot up there at North Queensland, mm. fuck! If they could pull him back and play him five eight and pay him fours, yeah, fives. As much as Munster's the better player, there's no doubt about it. I can
1: see a world where that happens. Yeah, for sure. Interesting times. Really, really interesting times uh, at the Storm. But as always, we spoke about it at the start of the year. They go through everything they go through. They find a way. Yeah, they find a way. Think about most other clubs. Let's say 14 out of the 16 clubs or 13 or whatever you want to say. Imagine they had the same distractions that the Storm have had this year the club would be fucking crumbling. Like, it would yep. be a disaster. They'd be playing terrible, you know, players would be offered, players would be in poor form. The Storm, just keep trucking, like, keep trucking on and keep delivering high-quality footy.
3: Yeah, and I mean, yeah, the, 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 you know, there's 14 other teams that would struggle. You even look at the Roosters. Like, I personally don't think the Chooks have fully recovered from when they lost Cronk, for example. Um, you know, the Panthers... They haven't lost any of their spot. It'll be interesting to see the Panthers next year, how they deal losing Appy. I think they'll be okay, but it's going to be their first real test of losing someone in that spine. the Melbourne Storm, they've lost three immortals in the last five years. And
1: yeah. Incredible. It's, um, yeah, it's crazy. Plus they've had off-fitting incidents. Plus they lost the cheese in quite a dramatic fashion. Yeah. <clears throat> they've had to deal with a lot the Storm. Heaps. And it has tested their culture. And once again, the Storm culture comes out trumps. Like it is, it's such an enduring thing. So much so that us that I feel like we know a fair bit about the game, even us that personally it's internally we're going, something's wrong here, we still go, nah, but they'll work it out. You know what I mean? Like logically we're going, nah, it's not probably going to work, but we'll, we'll still say, but they'll work it out. They just will. That's how strong their culture is. So massive props to the whole organisation to continue to deliver some of the best. It's one of the best sporting franchises in the world, in my opinion. It yeah. really is.
3: And I mean, like, just take the sea, the cheese situation, for example. Man, it's almost like it didn't happen.
1: Yeah. It's this little speed bump, like it's a little <laughs>
3: literally a speed bump. Yep. We proceed. He plays great footy. The Melbourne Storm play great footy. We continue.
1: There's no drama. There's no agitating for early releases, none of that stuff. So, incredible. Like, yeah, hats off to Melbourne Storm. It really, uh, really is been impressive to see how they've handled that everything that can be thrown at them. They've handled. Now, I want to get your thoughts on Josh King, 13s uh, Josh King, correct? Yeah. Uh, now he's not setting the world alight by any stretch, in my opinion, but. I tell you what, for a bloke that, what, he couldn't get a start of the nights, Yeah, he was coming off the bench for them. He he was never going to get into their starting side. He was never going to get into their starting side. He's now a mainstay at 13, and Bellamy looks like he loves him just because he does all the little things. So, first of all, I want to give a massive congratulations to Josh King for taking the risk, for going down to Melbourne, going through that shitty army camp, the army camp of absolute nightmares – Probably taking a pay cut, maybe, I don't know. If not, he's, he's probably on minimum. And now he's the starting 13, and he's pretty much cemented that spot for the Melbourne Storm.
3: Yeah, and he comes from a long list of front rowers that you didn't think were that great arriving down in Melbourne. Um, you know, n- not even front rowers, forwards in general. I mean, like the career of Ryan Hinchcliffe, for example, reminds me a lot of him. He's just tough, tenacious. He'll just, he'll just do what, what needs to be done every single week. I think it's week five he scored... Two tries already. Yeah. I, mean, I never thought, I didn't think he'd score a try this season. He's yeah. also laid on two or three with late offloads. Like, he's just doing it all for them, Josh King. And when he signed, it would have been a great opportunity to play with Jesse Bromish, Kristen Welsh. Welsh isn't in the building all of a sudden. Like, things have changed and he's had to step up very quickly. He's made
0: some weeks he's played 60, 65 yeah. minutes. Oh, he's I mean, played 60 plus minutes all but one week. Yeah.
1: yeah crazy it's crazy and and he's like a integral part of their attack now yep it's uh pretty incredible what do you think of josh king down there
0: oh yeah i remember you last year guru you said oh like kind of like like you're like oh it wouldn't surprise me if josh king is in origin contention like kind of just an off-the-cuff comment and like obviously he's not in origin contention but like your point is right like how they make these fringe players into absolute guns and you're right not only is he is he you know, playing well for the Storm. He's taken that 13th spot. He's tackle, he's he's averaging 100 metres a game and he's tackling at 95%. So that's all Bellamy wants, right? That's all all he wants.
1: It's all he wants. So massive congratulations to King to go from a bench side struggling to make the finals to the tippity top starting 13. um, That's where I feel like sometimes when people say there's not enough good talent in the NRL, sometimes I feel like maybe there's not enough good coaching systems. There definitely isn't enough good You know what I mean? Like, maybe the talent isn't the issue. It's the systems that we've got in place.
3: If you would have left Josh King in (coughs) Newcastle Knights system, Clemens missed games, Sofides have missed games, do you think he'd be a starting front rower? yet?
1: Mm. Yeah.
3: I personally don't think so. They're 13 also left in Connor Watson. They've played Kurt Mann there, but I don't think you would – he'd be really on our radar as being – there's no way you'd say I'm confident to play him for 60 minutes this week.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, so yeah, massive congratulations. Uh, now you put a post up actually a few weeks ago, which is a, a an interesting topic. Cause I disagree, but I, I want to, I guess, and we'll throw it also to Maddie and also the community. Let us know down in the comment section, do you believe Grant, if you were to select Australia tomorrow, would you select him over Cook? Yeah, you, I would. You would?
3: Yeah. I, I would go for Harry Grant. I think he's the best nine in the competition. I understand the arguments that I assume you'll put forward that Cook has played on those big stages. He's never done anything wrong, and I I, I get that you you're not wrong. Uh, but I, I just think Harry Grant, the way that he plays, his ruck recognition, he is. I think he's the best running nine at the moment. I think he has been all season, um, and I feel like there's an argument coming how he went in finals last year, which is also. Warranted, Grant wasn't overly impressive. Let me get to me
1: arguments before you, bloody (laughs) Sam. Jesus, give me
3: a chance. Yes, I would pick him as my starting nine, Um, I think. And obviously, when I put up that post, the Kangaroos side's going to be picked at the end of the season. Mm. I think Grant is just going to get better and better as the year goes on. They'll come up head-to-head in an origin series against each other, which... To be honest with you, being a New South Wales fan, I'm looking at this Queensland team and the players that are in form in this side, and I'm getting more and more worried about how this Origin series is going to go. But anyway, um, and yeah, I think Harry Grant by the end of the season, I think he's the best nine now, and I think by the end of the season, there'll be no questions about
1: it. What to be you? honest with you.
0: Well, just on Cook, I mean, it's going to depend on the season and Origin, but just on Cook, do you think he is guaranteed that New South Wales nine spot?
1: Yes. Definitely. Hey, I ask questions around here, buddy.
0: <laughs> Answer the fucking question. <laughs> right, Harry well, Green or Cook? Well, okay, well, if Cook plays Origin and New South Wales win, I'm sticking with Cook. So you, you, you'd stick with Cook? Yeah, 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 definitely. Do you reckon there's any Rabbitohs bias? And that's
1: a, I'm not taking the piss.
0: Uh, yeah, I reckon there probably is. Who, who yeah. takes his Blues yeah. jersey for you? What, uh, Happy. Happy? No, I think Happy? Uh, him and Appy are in a good battle right now. Oh,
1: I think me personally i think it's crazy that he would have his jersey taken away not because like i agree with you harry grant formed nine in the comp no doubt about it no doubt at all but damien cook has delivered in an origin jersey and in an australian jersey in huge huge matches has played fantastic uh on the other hand with grant he had that great um game off the bench for for queensland but outside of that, he's inexperienced. He hasn't, I think he's played 35 NRL games or so. Mm-hmm. And, and there's plenty of time for him to make that uh, Australian side. But I think culturally in a team, for Cook to lose that jersey, what does that say? You know, is, is, it, is it really fair for a guy that has given so much to that jersey, has played really well on the weekend, um, so you, let's just assume his, his form goes really well, delivered in origin on so many occasions, being the difference sometimes, um, and so I think it's more a matter of Cook is playing good enough to keep the jersey, and on top of that, it sends a strong message of like, you know, we're going to be loyal to you in this Australian side if you play really well. Now the argument obviously against that would be like, well, loyalty in rep sides, that's, has that hurt sides in the past by being loyal to certain players? I just think right now Cook is still playing good enough to keep the jersey, but if he plays for Australia and he does struggle a little bit, Grant's right there.
3: I also think it's something else to consider and, you know, this is obviously a very unique situation but it is the reality. Yes, it's Cook jersey but, like, no one's worn that jersey in two and a half years now. Mm. So I also think that will – I think it's a very unique situation that they're going to find themselves in. Um, as Matty said, I think it, a lot of it will come down to the Origin series but – I think Harry Grant is just by far and away the best nine. I think he's got a better kicking game, better running game, better rucker recognition. And maybe I am being a little bit harsh taking a jersey off a guy that doesn't deserve to lose it, which I agree with you. But for me, Harry Grant's my opinion. Grant may
1: not even be the starting Queensland hooker.
3: I think he definitely will be, but that's my opinion. I honestly
0: honestly think it will depend on who wins the origin series. That's going to go a long way. Who's what? Who wins wins the
1: Origin series? Well, I mean, there's there's word that you know Hunt could start the game, or even Marnie could start the game for Queensland, and and and, uh, Grant is brought on for um for Impact. Like Cam Smith has literally said, like I don't select Origin, but it's you know Grant's maybe just ahead, but but Reed Marnie is right there in the battle, like right there in the battle. So I wouldn't say it's a a for sure thing that Grant's going to get that nine role at all, especially when the assistant coach is saying like you know Reed's right there and You know, Reid last year, uh, he was, like, there, that close, that close, and then he got sent away. So, yeah, although Grant, in my opinion, is absolutely the form walker in the comp, um, there is an argument that Reid Marnie suits that opening stage of uh, of Origin a bit better. Mm. Um, You know, Grant does tend to miss tackles sometimes. Like, I think his last two games is, like, five misses, and um, I'll get it up. He's, again, by no stretch is he a bad defender. I'm just talking about the origin, the, the
0: cauldron. And from, oh. what, from what I heard from Cam Smith on your show last week, it, he kind of said that oh, he's whoever, weekend, whoever misses out at, out of Marnie and Grant, he, he probably, they'll probably miss the team altogether because you think Hunt will grab that 14 jersey? Yeah,
1: I think Hunt will grab that 14 jersey. Hunt has to be there somewhere. Oh, sure. actually, you know what? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not so sure about that, actually. I guess you've also got to fit. Who's going to be
3: your fullback? Are you going with KP?
1: Well... KP, Walsh... I mean, you got AJ.
3: Brimo. Brimo, yeah. Fuck,
1: yeah. It's interesting. It's just, you know, betting money, Grant for sure. I also look but at Ray Money at the thing.
3: moment. Like, they took him off with 30 minutes to go the other day and put Mitch Rain on. Like, if they keep doing that, which you know, I can sort of understand if they do because he is leaving the end of the season. I don't know. You know, that, that could impact it as well. I just... And look, I, I'll be completely... I'm a huge Harry Grant fan, so maybe I, I am a little bit biased, but I just watch him and just think he's so much better. Not so much better, but he, he is the best nine. So, interesting one to watch, though.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. He's definitely the form nine. I think for Australia, I think you've got to have a bit of loyalty to Cook. He's done it. He's bled for that jersey. He's delivered in that jersey. yeah um, so, uh, for New South Wales, though, like, I'm I'm open to the com- competition for Grant in the Australian jersey, but I don't think, like, Appy is a great hooker, but Cook, he has really delivered on the mm. origin stage. Like, you go back and watch some of those series, he was fucking incredible. Oh,
0: that 2019 Game 3 yeah, trial. Yeah, yeah so
1: ridiculous. that'd be really harsh to, like, you know, for him to lose that jersey. So, on that same
3: thing, and I, I, I know it's a different example, but obviously, DCE, he owned... The
1: seven jersey last time. Do you straight away bring Cleary in now? Well, Cleary is a, a premiership winning. Yep. You know, yeah, yes. So, so you do bring. Cleary yeah, in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Because like, Cleary has delivered on the Origin stage. Yep. Multiple three times, three times now, uh, and he's a premiership winner. I think that he's like if Grant was in the same boat as Cleary and he'd won a comp, been in a grand final, um, won Origin series then I would be like, you know what? He probably can get that Australian jersey. It's just, he's only 36 games into his career. I think Mm. we forget that with Grant. He's barely, like, 36 Mm. games. That's Mm. like a, a season and a half. I'm just trying to get, um, years. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. Yeah, so opening round five, missed tackles and three, then one. So his defence is getting better, um, but I like that is something that obviously the in um, what's his name in Origin that yeah. maybe thing. In saying that, Reed probably misses the same round. I'd love to compare the percentages. I, mm. I just get the feeling that Reed is known as a defensive kind of hooker in a way. Um, but yeah, if we were going purely on form, purely on form, I'd pick Grant in the nine jersey for sure.
3: And I mean, knowing that Harry Grant's around might bring the very best out of Damien Cook realistically. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, I have to see how it plays out. Interesting though. I, I don't think um I don't like I don't think it's a sure thing like with Cookie. Like I don't think you can guarantee he's going to get that Australian jersey because Grant is playing so well. Um, that's how it should be too. Yeah it's absolutely good. absolutely yeah. and I do believe that you're right the two year off helps Grant's case because yeah. it's been so long. Um, but it's a great question. It's a great question. I think. Uh, I think. I think the comments will be quite split, actually. On who who should get that. think you could
0: argue that the two-year absence. You could argue it helps Cook though, because he hasn't really had a chance to. He's only played four games for Australia, so yeah. Mal Meninga could say, "Oh well, he's been the best hooker for the last three years. I think he mm. gets first crack." Maybe. Yeah,
1: it's interesting. It's it's a great. I uh, I think either player. He's going to do a job. Yeah, that's the positive oh, yeah. thing. Either player is going to do a fantastic job, uh, and Grant right now, he's so unbelievably dangerous. I, I personally can't recall a, a hooker that is as dangerous around the ball, around the ruck, running wise, in that. Like I think, like for example, Cam Smith was just an absolute. Master at, like, putting teams where he wanted them and that. But obviously he wasn't as uh, explosive as Harry Grant. The scary thing about Harry Grant is he's, like, this little nuggety, powerful bloke. If you just – if you get loose a little bit around the rock, he's going to fucking tear you apart. Whereas Cam Smith is going to tear you apart around the rock, but it's going to be using another player, like, bringing yeah. in someone else. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the crazy thing with, like, hooking, the hooking role is – it's almost like no matter how good you play, you'll never be the GOAT because Cam Smith was so far above everyone. Yeah. Like, he's, I've, I've said this before, but he's the only position where, regardless of what state you like, whatever, whatever you say, Cam Smith is the GOAT hooker. Whereas, like, seven, there's debate, even though a lot of people say Joey, but there's still debate around the seven, a lot of debate around the six, debate around the fullback even, you know. It's, uh, whereas nine, it's out and out, Cam Smith.
3: Can I say one more thing on Grant and Damien Cook? I mean... We we know that whoever wins premierships, you know traditionally when they pick kangaroos at the end of the year, fuck mate. If Appy Curacao wins your second premiership on the trot, Nathan Cleary's a seven, Isaiah's is the 13, he He'll be putting his hand up too.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just, I just can't see Appy peeping Grant and Cook. I just can't see that.
2: Yeah, but I mean,
3: he's got to be in the conversation though. Mm.
1: But like oh, Barrett,
3: I, I still go Grant I've made that very clear But if they win A second premiership On the trot He's played a crucial role And the rest of the spine Is Penrith essentially
1: Yeah but that happened In New South Wales And they didn't go They, they kept Cook And mm. they'll go Cook Again this year I'd say You know mm. and, and Penrith Panthers Are the spine For that yep. as well Yeah I mean I see your point I just To beat both Cook And Grant Unless he You know Unless his form Just like explodes His form's been great Don't his get me wrong His form's been really good It's been great far. But yeah. Grant right now His form is crazy Crazy uh, again the great thing is is there's multiple hookers really vying for that and the great thing as well is I don't think you'd lose much if you put any of them in all three of them yeah. have unique ways of the way they play the game and all three of them are fucking incredible so great battle to have um, now on to the Raiders
3: yeah more of the same from the Raiders I, I feel like I say it every week I can't really get a read on how they're travelling Um yeah, I, I thought the halfback was really good. Schneider, he tried an absolute heap during that game. You know, the Melbourne Storm, they're obviously a very good side, so it's a hard game um, to judge them off. But it was like the Raiders didn't get off the bus in the first 20 minutes.
0: I, yeah, thought, Charles, I, I thought Charles Newell-Clock's really put his hand up. Yeah, he's a go at Charles. He, he, he touched. The, he had 42 receipts in that game. That's more than what Gutho did, yeah, for example. 20
1: runs. 20 he's, runs, 42 receipts. Here's uh, Charles' stats. Uh, one try trice- assist. 20 runs, 184 metres, 45 post-contact, three tackle breaks, a line break, a line break assist, uh, seven tackles, one offload. Yeah, uh, look, with with the Raiders, uh, I don't know. I really don't know. The only thing that I can look at and go, they're just not all buying in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there seems to be a disconnect as to what kind of footy side they want to be, maybe. Because, like, when they threw caution to the wind and they started, like, offloading and spreading the ball side to side, I was like, this is kind of rattling the storm a little bit. They don't know how to defend it, but, you know, I don't know, like, but, but then when you, like, when you watch them play, it's, they, they play well. Their completion rate is just, like, shocking. Like, every game, they'll, they'll go through a patch of, like, 50% completion. Their completion in the end was 67%. But there was a period there where they had, like, 50% completion rate. Yeah. And I just – I think the key is their completion rate. Like, I don't even think they've had a, a single game except for one maybe where they completed at a high rate.
3: And I look at the way that Ricky used his interchange. For the last few weeks, he started Matt Frawley and then he's brought Tom Starling on. For me, I would have thought this was the perfect game to do that. Mm. Just to try and get through the first 20 minutes, then, then bring Starling on to hopefully unsettle the Melbourne Storm. And he, he carried Frawley on the bench and didn't use
1: him. Yeah, that's weird.
3: Like, when you're taking on the Melbourne Storm and your forward pack is underachieving, has been for a while now, like, geez, I, I, I would have stacked it up with... Like, they had Xavier Savage in Jersey 18. I think I would have rathered him as a bit of an X-factor just to throw on the field Yeah. in that game. What a to when
0: Tomoka went off after he got... copped some knees to the back.
3: Well, yeah, it's Tomoka, like... To they off lost Matt Tomoko during Sorry. the game and for all, he still sat there, didn't do anything. It's, um, I don't know, Ricky Stewart's forgotten more about rugby league than I know, but sometimes his interchanges really confuse me.
1: And it has been a, a talking point for a while now, yeah. his, his interchanges. Uh, interestingly, their highest completion rate this year was 77% against the Titans and they won the game. And we have to remember... That first half was shocking. Yeah. Like, they were terrible in that first half. So, I think their biggest issue is their completion rate. It sounds so cliche and so obvious, but if your highest completion rate for the year is 77%, one game was 56 one game was 70 one game was 68 Like, you're not going to win much as a footy with low completion rate like that. You're really not.
3: Yeah. There was a couple of options, especially a, a couple of kicks that they put in that, that went dead in crucial moments that – um, you just got to be better than that in first grade, especially when you're playing this Melbourne Storm side. I yeah, I, I personally think that the Raiders were, were probably lucky that the Melbourne Storm weren't really on, because mm. if they were, uh, it could have been a pretty bad day out for the Canberra <coughs> Raiders. I think a 14-point loss is um, a bit of a compliment to the Raiders.
1: Yeah, mate, I, I, they're the most baffling side to get a read on. Like, I really, They have some really good individual performances, blokes ripping in. But then, it, it just doesn't seem to be being put together, you know. Like, you know, for example, like a guy like Tomoko, he, he's an incredible player, like an absolutely incredible player. Obviously, he got injured, um, you know, so he's having a big week, a big big year. Rapana, Rapana, he's been fantastic this year. Uh, a bit down, obviously, this week. So you know what I mean? Like Jack White, a couple of weeks ago, was a world beater. He was playing fantastic, you know. He and he played fantastic in this game. One hundred and fifty-five meters, fifteen runs. 41 post-contact, two tackle breaks, a line break. I think that's the frustrating thing with the Canberra
3: is you look at them and it's not like, oh, these three guys have been disappointing for three weeks. It's like every every week someone else has yeah. a disappointing game, you know, or someone else lets them down slightly. It's, uh, mate, I sit there and, and look at Ricky Stewart in the box or when he's on the sideline, just how frustrated he is. And if I can imagine sitting in his shoes, like, yeah. I, I just – it must be so frustrating – like, what would you even work on during the week? Because it's like there's some, something different is wrong every single week.
1: It's just what I find, like, it's almost – it seems like errors don't hurt them enough. Like, when they drop the ball and they don't complete, it doesn't hurt them enough. But what's mental about that is, like, Ricky Stewart would be so – like, if there's one coach that would rip you a new one for, you know, not completing, it'd be Ricky. What do you reckon about the Raiders, Matty?
0: I don't know. It's so. It's just so hard. It's bizarre, and right? It's, it? it's, it's frustrating to watch because, like, you look at their team and they should they should be a top eight team. like, yeah. Just looking on paper, so it's it's hard to comment on because you just like what's what's missing because you look at their lineup, you you think not not much, but I, I don't know. It's like it's frustrating.
1: One, one key stat that I can look at right now is their six and seven had five errors all up together. Mm. Like, they, they're the key players and you would assume it's in key moments, you know, being key players. Uh, you know, that's probably too much for key players. Like, even though they get the ball, their hands on the ball quite a bit. But I'm of the same mind as you as, like, I think Schneider's working his ass off. And I actually am pretty happy with his progress as a player. Like, I don't think that there's a rookie there playing poor footy and that he's not ready for first grade. I think he's ready for first grade. Uh, so... It's a, it's a strange one. It's a really strange one. I think right now, if you don't know what the answer is, go to the obvious stuff. The obvious stuff is completion rate. If I'm Ricky Stewart, I'm almost saying, boys, I just want 85% today. That's our goal. I don't care what else happens, just 85% completion rate because they probably win the game. Like They probably they should.
3: With the pack they've got, they should. They yeah. probably
1: win the game if they complete it 85%. Um, and it's all almost counterintuitive because... We found out last year that completion rate wasn't really a good indicator as to whether a team would win the comp. The Bulldogs had the best completion rate in the comp, and they struggled. But I think the Raiders are a little bit different to the Bulldogs because they have the team to take advantage of completing at a higher percentage.
3: And you look at their draw over the next few weeks. They've got the Cowboys next week, week. And two weeks after that, they've got the Warriors. But outside of that, Panthers, Sharks, South Sydney, Parramatta,
1: Roosters. Oh, fuck.
3: And they're sort of going gun team, you know, bottom eight team, gun team, and then they've just got all the gun teams after that, so.
1: How much is Sharks throwing a spanner in the works of, like, there's no real reprie- reprieve from the gun sides now? Whereas before it's like, look, as long as we don't get, like, the top four, yep. it's going to be a decent game. Whereas, like, Sharks being that extra team now, it's like you just don't get a reprieve. You, you don't, It's yep. a tough game every single week, essentially. Um yeah, and, and the sad thing is when the Raiders are going good, I love it. I love it. When down the milk, ACT are loving it, Canberra are loving it. So hopefully they can work it out. I, they, I do believe that you could probably directly connect them not playing as well with uh, Hodgson's uh, injury, like him being in and out of first grade. When he got some consistent footy under his belt, yep. uh, they were you know obviously a much better side. I think they do miss him as a leader. Uh, because as we know, like Wyden, he's absolutely a leader, but he's a ball runner. He's not a, 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 an organiser. Starling, he's not an organiser. Um, and obviously Schneider, he's a rookie. So I do believe they miss his experience about just leading the players around and all that, um, the good stuff that Hodgson brought, really.
3: Yeah, and I mean, you look over their last three weeks, they had that comeback against the Titans, which was all good and well. But I don't know if, if many teams conceded a 22-point lead. Realistically, yeah, like really, the Titans yeah. are just a young spine. That's the reality of that. They then played Manly, twenty-five to six, and fuck, they were disappointing that week, Canberra. And I'd say they were probably better than they were against the Seagulls last week, but they were just lucky that the Melbourne Storm didn't make them pay. Mm.
1: Do you, is it time for change? Do you think?
3: Yeah, th- that's the other thing about this squad. Like, not many guys in this squad are completely safe because they've got so much depth, and it still doesn't seem to. Mm. Like, r- ramp them up at all? Yeah. Like, Like, you, you would think that every single forward in that pack would be looking over their shoulder going, fuck, Ryan Sutton's not in this team. Yeah. Emery Gula could take my spot. I don't know.
1: It's just... Well, I look at it and I'm like, I don't see anyone specifically playing that poorly. <laughs> That's the thing. You know, like, like, like so it's like...
3: The more well, you look at them, the less answers you get.
1: Yeah, because it's just... They've got such a good side on paper. They have these crazy good patches of footy. Um, so, hopefully, they can turn around. I love it when the, the Milker are uh, doing fantastic, but... I think you just focus on the thing as you control, and that's completion. One goal going into next week is just complete at a higher rate to give yourself an opportunity to win the game. Because um, at the moment, when your average is basically 70% completion, you know, it's, it's very tough to win, win footy matches yeah. when you're, uh, you're not the top tier that can afford to do that.
3: And I mean, if they go out and they win this weekend against the Cowboys, which I think is more than possible, I think it's the Cowboys to play. Yeah, isn't? it is. Yeah, the th- Cowboys. All of a sudden, they've got a 3-3 three three record and they're even despite how disappointing they've been. Yeah,
1: it's wild. It's, it's absolutely wild. Because, yeah, when you actually look at it, they're not going – like right now, they're actually not going so bad. Like it's not yeah. disaster. It's not a
3: disaster, yeah.
1: But it feels like that because they are such a good side. Yeah. You know, if you – you know, they've got the same points as the Rabbitohs right now. Is that correct? Yeah, two wins. And yet we're not – I think the Rabbitohs are going really well. Going really well. They got Very, the same wins as
3: the Knights and the Cowboys, who we're yeah. saying are, are looking really good. Yeah,
1: it's interesting, isn't it? Is it? Like I think it's because we just think that the the Raiders um, they're a top four side,
3: but it's fair enough to think that because mm. their squad is a top four squad. Yeah, it's, and they it te- takes they te- so te- many years to build a squad like this, and
0: they're they're just letting it. Mm. Fade they teased away. us in round one too with a pretty good win over Cronulla. Yeah,
1: they beat the Sharks, and the Sharks are red hot. Yeah, hopefully, I I believe they'll be able to turn it around. The good thing is, is it doesn't seem like there's unrest between the coach and the players. It seems like anyway, outside looking in, they found a good happy medium. Like maybe Ricky's chilled a bit and then the players have realized they need to, you know, get on board a bit more. Uh, So, yeah, hopefully they can turn around because I love it when the milk is absolutely firing and they've absolutely got the squad. Hold up.